She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode and you are in for a treat. We have Matt Gallant and he is from Buy Optimizers, which you know is my absolute favorite products. And we are going to be talking about intermittent fasting. We're going to be talking about sleep. Um, he is the sleep diva. And you know, I am so passionate about sleep. That's one area of my life that I have so dialed in. And so we're so excited. Matt, welcome. Great to be here. I'm excited to chat about all kinds of fun things. Yeah. So first, I really want to hear about you are in such great health. And I want to hear a little bit about your daily routines, including your sleep, any kind of fasting you do. What kind of makes you tick on a daily basis? Yeah. An interesting little footnote. I am on day four of a fast right now. So yeah, as far as daily routines, uh, what I've been doing, I'll just kind of walk through this morning. I woke up and I went outside. I live in front of a park and got sun for about 10, 15 minutes, which we have these circadian clocks, which are really like timers in our bodies. And what happens is if you expose your eyes to sunlight in the morning or blue light, it will help you know, start that timer. And 14 to 16 hours later, you're going to feel more tired and you're going to get better sleep. So it's a really powerful strategy. It will also improve dopamine, serotonin. And then I like, there's a a stair, set of stairs there. So I'll run the stairs a couple of times, increase blood flow. It's a great way to start the day. Come back. I'll play with my baby girl. She's about nine months old. Get some some oxytocin, some, some really good vibes. And that always charges me up emotionally. And then I'll pick what my nootropic stack is going to be for the day. Today, I am on Apex and Nectar X. These are from our company, Newtopia. And I'm drinking salt coffee. So literally black coffee and salt. I'm a big fan of that during fast and water. I'll lift weights five days a week. And then when it comes time to sleep, I have a whole ritual around that, typically starting around maybe 90 minutes before my bedtime. My bedtime is around midnight. So I go to bed at midnight, wake up at eight. And, you know, but 90 minutes before 1030, I'll take two capsules of magnesium breakthrough, which helps really calm down my nervous system. And give my body the building blocks it needs to create melatonin. I'll dim all the lights, which is really powerful and important. And then I'll consume sleep breakthrough and then go to bed around 1145 and pass out and get a great night's sleep. So that's, that's my normal routine. Of course, some variants sometimes, but that's the basics. That's awesome. You know, one of the things I love that you just said is adding salt to your coffee. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest questions we get is things like, I love coffee and I don't want to get rid of coffee out of my diet, but I also, I don't want to break my fast with adding, you know, cream to it or, you know, other, all this other stuff. But people don't realize that when you add salt to your coffee, it really suppresses the bitterness in the coffee. It actually brings out sweet flavors in the coffee. Then you're reducing all those calories from cream and sugar that all, you know, everyone likes to add. And you're also ensuring that your body doesn't lose, you know, unnecessary amounts of sodium while you are fasting. And I feel like 
that is a missing piece that people forget about. And I love that, that, that you're doing that. What yeah, are, what are to, you? Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, and then what are you eating during kind of your eating window when you aren't fasting? Yes, I've been ketogenic since I'm 16. I started, like I did the Atkins diet, I think I was 15, and then started doing cyclical ketogenic diets when I was 16. And I'm going to be 46 this year. So it's going to be almost 30 years uh, of, of ketogenic diets. And, you know, I, I'm not always keto. Sometimes I'll, I'll go off. I, I'm so fat adapted, though, that even if I'm eating like 200 grams of carbs for 10, you know, 20 days, I'm still producing ketones. Which is interesting, but yeah, typically um, I'll have Collagenius for breakfast, which is hyper-concentrated mushroom drink. I might have a few eggs for dinner, uh, sorry, for lunch. And then for dinner, I've been eating either steak with some vegetables or there's some really good low-carb noodles out there. There's these like low-calorie, like literally made out of algae noodles that I'll kind of do a spaghetti and put some beef and some vegetables and it's it's really good ketogenic. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And I might drink some salt coffee or sometimes a, a buttered coffee and add some some nootropics with that. And yeah, feel great. I love that. I love this art these artichoke heart noodles, and they're made with just artichoke hearts. Mm. You saute them with onions, they are to die for. Well, let's talk about sleep because you are such an expert on that. Let's talk about some of the important lifestyle changes that people can make to improve their sleep. First of all, the tip that I suggested, which is to get light in your eyes in the morning, is one of the most powerful lifestyle hacks. And for those of you that live in cold, cold brutal winters, I am Canadian, but I've been living in Panama now for 19 years because I don't like the cold. So my heart goes out to you. You can use blue light panels or there's a company called Retimer that has these glasses that literally shine blue light in your eyes. But you really want to start your day with as much light as possible. So turn on all the lights in your house, open the windows. Again, those for people that don't want to go outside. Ideally, though, go outside, get the light, again, start that, that circadian clock. Um, the other one is, again, managing darkness. You know, our brains are wired where... If we have a lot of light, our brains thinks it's daytime. And if it's dark, it thinks it's nighttime. So a lot of people just keep all the lights on and they just try to go to bed and they're still overly stimulated. If you start managing light or darkness, really like 90 minutes before bed, you'll notice that you're getting more tired, you'll be yawning, and you're going to get better sleep. So a few strategies or tactics around that is one is you can dim all the lights in your house, you know, or turn them off. And if you want to see where you're going, you can use like salt lamps with dimmers. Some people will like using red light bulbs. So red light bulbs is, is a second strategy. And some people like wearing blue light blocking glasses. But any one of those will really help you get better sleep. And then let's talk about sleep environment. First, again, light is, is a major, major issue or disruptor. So you want to have an absolute pitch black environment where you cannot see your hand. So I have like two layers of blackout curtains because I live in the city and I can't see my hand. And that's really, really critical because even if you wear a sleep mask, if there's light coming in and it hits your skin, it'll disrupt your melatonin production and impact your sleep. Next is temperature. So you really want to be sleeping in a cave, you know, darkness and cold. So you, I sleep, it's about 65 degrees Fahrenheit. 
uh, the room temp, but that's not enough for me. And this is really important. Like I used to sleep in a really cold room and I'd still be sweating underneath the sheets because you'll, you can trap a lot of heat where your body's making contact with the mattress. So using a chili pad or a, an aid sleep or sleep aid, you know, there's a, there's a few technologies out there that'll help chill your body underneath the, the sheets and you can really co control temperature that way. And that was one of the best investments I've ever made in my sleep. Like that really took my deep sleep and the quality of my sleep to another level. And I travel a lot and probably my number one sleep disruptor when I travel is overheating. You know, a lot of this, the hotels have good mattresses, but I'll still get too hot and maybe wake up. So temperature, heat, and, and cold is, is really critical. The next one is really a good mattress. Um, the best position for sleep is really on your back, but some of us can't do it. I'm one of them. I'm a side sleeper. If you're a side sleeper, I'd strongly recommend getting a good memory foam mattress. Uh, the brand I recommend, and I'm not paid to say this, is called Essentia. They're a Canadian company. And their mattresses use a tree sap, which basically minimizes off-gassing. A lot of these memory foam mattresses will off-gas for like six months, and that'll obviously impact your health. But I didn't think off-gassing was real until one of our clients moved to his brand new home. And when he tested his blood levels, he had massive amounts of rubber in his blood that triggered this crazy histamine response that took a long time to fix. So off-gassing is real. And obviously, it's more of an issue if you're moving to a new house or you're buying a new bed, things like that. But yeah, Sensha is incredible. So here's the tips for buying the right mattress for your body. If you're a heavier person or if you're shorter, and if you're wider, if, you have, if you're a man with wide shoulders or a woman with wide hips or large legs, you actually want to have a softer mattress so that it's evening out the pressure from your head to your toes. However, if you're taller, if you're lighter, if you're narrower, then a denser or firmer mattress is a good idea. So you really want to make sure you're picking the right memory foam for your body type and Essentia can do a custom-made mattress where you know my side is very different than my wife's side and it's customized based on our on our bodies essentially so definitely the the density of the mattress is, is a really important one and you want to make sure you pick the the right one for your body next is food so you want to make sure you I have to no stay there. I want to stay there right. for just a second because yeah, yeah, sure. I love what you said about, you know, the temperature of your room. And there's so many. I wanted you to talk about a couple things. One, what kind of there's so many different products out there right now for mm -hmm. cooling, because I think a lot of people are talking about what you should kind of keep your your room temperature at, first of all. But then they have so many different things that you can add to your bed right now to keep it cool. So can you talk about kind of what you keep your room temperature at and any any other products that you put over top of the mattress to keep your body cool? Yeah, so again, it depends a little bit on your metabolism. If you have a fast metabolism and your body temperature is higher, you're going to need to cool the room more. So some women that are premenopause or menopause tend to have a higher body temp. If you have a lot of lean muscle mass, you're training, exercising a lot, you can have a higher body temp. So I keep it around 65 to 67 degrees is room temp. But the the technology I use is called the chili pad. 
Um, they have a new version. It's their third iteration. It's called the ProDoc. It's phenomenal. And I have one for each side. So my wife's temperature is different than mine. And you want it to basically be pretty cold. But now what's great is some of these newer models will actually warm up as you're getting closer to your wake-up time, which will help improve your REM. So in a perfect world, it's quite cold earlier in your sleep phase, in your sleep cycle, and then later it's going to warm up a little bit and that's going to help you wake up and get, you know, feel more refreshed. So yeah, I'm a big fan of the chili pad and, you know, I keep it around like 70-ish degrees on the chili pad because you don't want to wake up. If you're waking up because it's too cold, then obviously it's too cold, you know, so you want to find the right temperature for your body. Yeah. It's just so important. I, I want to just really stress to you guys that a room that's too hot can lower your sleep quality big time, disrupting your REM sleep and subsequently your whole rest of your day. So I love that. Okay, keep going. Now talk about your food. Yeah, so food. I've been tracking my sleep for about a decade. I was tracking my sleep when the Zio came out, which was before the Oura Ring. And then the Oura Ring came out. I, I bought that. I, I bought almost every sleep tracker, including... Uh, the dream and some other devices. So one thing I can say almost universally that is uh, one of the biggest sleep destroyers is having a full belly when you go to bed. So you you basically want to have, a, I'd say, a three-hour window minimum from your dinner to bedtime you go to bed. Now, let's say that you're going to eat and you got to go to bed like two hours later, you're going to a restaurant or something. That's where enzymes are really powerful to help minimize the impacts. I know you, you talked about before the show, you love masszymes and gluten guardian. Those can really help minimize the impact that maybe a late dinner would have. But ideally, you're, you have a three to four hour window between your last meal and by the time you go to bed. What can you eat before you go to bed? So a couple of things that, in my opinion, uh, will improve sleep. One is the right amino acids, uh, things like L-theamine, glycine. And we can talk a little bit about that. Those are ingredients in, in sleep breakthrough. And the other one is a little bit of carbohydrates because carbohydrates will increase serotonin in the brain. And serotonin is a precursor, which means it's, it's a building block for melatonin. So a lot of people have reported you know, they do a teaspoon of honey right before bed. Um, last night, and again, we can talk about fasting a little bit, and I, I am on a four-day fast. I had about half a cup of pineapple, and I found that if on a multi-day fast that my sleep can get disrupted, and I felt quite charged up. It was it was kind of late, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I've got too much energy right now, so I, I did half a cup of pineapple. And that calmed my nervous system down. It gave my brain some serotonin. And I slept really, really well last night. I got a great, great night's sleep. And I noticed that, that you know, especially on a multi-day fast, if I, if I do a little bit of fruits, like maybe half a cup of, of fruits, that my sleep is, is improved. And it just makes sense because you're getting a little bit of serotonin. So yes, fruit is, in my opinion, okay, just a little bit. Um, one thing that you told me before we started recording, which is the next one is consistency. And again, when you're consistent with your sleep, your body will, again, have these timers really dialed in. And what happens if you're not consistent and you stay up past your target bedtime, you're going to get a second wind. Your body's going to start producing cortisol. 
you're not going to feel like going to bed and your deep sleep's going to be absolutely destroyed. So that was a big struggle for me for a long time. I'm a natural night owl. I know you're you're a, a morning woman and you know, being consistent is really, really powerful and critical because again, when you get past that, that normal window where you should be in bed, you're going to get that second wind and it's going to absolutely destroy your sleep. So that's a really big one. You want to talk well, about that? Because I know that's- Yeah, that's I want to talk about that because, you know, as most listeners know, I talk about it all the time. I go to sleep about nine o'clock on the nose and I wake up at 5.30 pretty much every day. It's somewhere between nine to 5.30 or nine to five. 45, you know, something in that range. And I am like a robot. I am as consistent as can be. And it's funny because I even posted on my Facebook that my husband on a Saturday night, we went out and we stayed out till 10 o'clock and I didn't get to bed till 1030. And the next day I was just like a complete nightmare. <laughs> so, um, but I want to ask you because you said, okay, I go to bed from 12 to 8. And there's different experts. We've had different experts uh, for sleep on the show and different people say different things. Some say that every hour of sleep before midnight is worth two after midnight. And then some people say, no, that's not true. That mythology is, you know, just a myth and that there's no pumpkin like magic that occurs, you know, if you say, you know, right before midnight. So well, obviously, you must think that there isn't any magic before midnight. And why are you choosing the 12 to 8? There's a great book that came out called The Power of When. And it talked about chronotypes, right? There's four chronotypes. There's lions, which are morning people. So you're one of those. There's night people, which, you know, he calls them wolves. I'm one of those. There's people that are in the middle. He calls them bears. And then there's insomniacs, which he calls dolphins. And from an evolutionary biology perspective, I think that makes a lot of sense because, you know, if you have a tribe with 150 people, if everybody's a morning person, then you're not very safe at night. If everybody's a night, a night, a wolf and nobody's protecting the tribe in the morning, you're going to be in danger. So I think it makes a lot of sense to me that people have different chronotypes and I've always been a wolf. I've always struggled to go to bed. Even as a kid, I, I wanted to stay up. I do think that the cliche or the saying that one hour before midnight's were two hours is actually grounded in in truth. And it's not the midnight piece. It's that every hour you get before you get that second wind is worth two hours. It goes back to what I was saying, where if you stay up past, like for me, it's midnight. So if I'm at 1230 or 1245, I'm going to get that second wind for you. It might be at 1030. So that second wind depends on your circadian clocks. But mm -hmm. as soon as that second wind comes in, your sleep is going to be compromised. As you just mentioned, you didn't feel great the next day. So that's the impact. So I think as long as you're consistent and you're going to bed before that second wind comes in, you're going to get a much better, uh, you're going to get much better deep sleep and you feel much better the next day. At some point, we've all been sold a lie, and let me tell you why. In the 80s, we all believed more protein equals more muscle growth. Well, it could be a lie, and let me tell you why. Because if you eat eight ounces of chicken breast, then you're consuming about 40 grams of protein. But 
Just because something contains 40 grams of protein, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna absorb all 40 grams of protein because without enzymes, guess what? It could end up all in your toilet bowl because your small intestines can only absorb protein that's been broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. So it doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein, if you don't have the sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, then guess what? You're gonna be starving for those vital building blocks. So it's really important that you take a high quality enzyme so before you run out and just buy anything, guess what? I love Masszymes by Buy Optimizers because it has five different kinds of proteins and that's what you need, all five of them. So go there, go to masszymes.com slash wasteaway and use the coupon code wasteaway10 and you'll get 10% off. Wow, that is so powerful. I think that's so true. It's funny because my husband, when we first got married, we used to fight about this because he used to love to go to bed at around midnight. Like if you gave him like that perfect sleep, it'd be like 12 to eight. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting him up to go to the gym with me. And now he he would say like, ideally, he would want to go to bed around 10 mm -hmm. and maybe get up, you know, around six or seven, something in there. That's mm -hmm. kind of his ideal. but. It's true. If you start, you know, making your workout earlier and earlier, obviously you're going to be tired earlier. But I love that. I agree with that 100 percent is like you have to figure out what your body's inner clock is for maximum health, happiness, productivity, like what works well with you. And I think you just really explained that brilliantly. I love that so much. Thanks. Um, talk a little bit about what you can do, what can you take to improve your sleep? Yeah, so we talked about melatonin because that's the number one sleep supplement. And when you look at the, the research on melatonin, it's not a great sleep supplement for improving sleep quality. It's good to help people fall asleep. So some people struggle with that. Some people have a genetic variant, including myself, and I've heard Tim Ferriss and Andrew Huberman talk about this, where you'll actually wake up two or three hours earlier than when you normally would. So melatonin was never a viable supplement for me. I'll talk about when you can use it. I think when you're traveling, let's say three time zones, using it for a couple of nights is a good idea. Um, because I wake up after five hours, I'll actually use it when I have to wake up really early as a hack so that I feel better the next day, which is a really interesting application of melatonin. The other time I'll use it is if I get that second win and I'm struggling to slow down my brain waves, which we can talk about in a minute because it's really important. I'll, I might use melatonin. But here's the big punchline on melatonin. I think the dosages that our people are using is way, way off. Your brain will naturally produce 10 to 80 micrograms. So even the lowest dose capsule that you can buy is typically about half a milligram which is 500 micrograms, which is you know, 20, 30, 40 times more than what the brain would naturally produce. So I'm a big believer that if you use between 40 to 100 micrograms, you will get a much better result from melatonin. And we have another product coming out called Dream Optimizer, 
and it's a spray that has 18 micrograms per spray. So you can just get the right dose for your brain. And I've been using it and I don't get that, you know, waking up effect, which I don't want when, unless I'm waking up really early for flights or something. But in general, I'm a big believer that it's better to give the body the building blocks that it needs to produce the hormone that we want it to produce. And in this case, it's melatonin. So magnesium is a great precursor, again, a great building block for serotonin, and it's a great building block for, for melatonin. So what we do is, of course, we have magnesium breakthrough, which I take every night, two capsules, an hour before my bedtime. And it does, it always does the trick to chill my nervous system, get me relaxed and get me a better sleep. Now we've released a new product called Sleep Breakthrough. We have magnesium bisglycinate in there, which has the best research for sleep. And then we have P5P, which is a bioactive form of vitamin B6. And what that does, it helps transform that magnesium into serotonin. So again, anything that increases serotonin will improve your sleep. So that's the first strategy is let's give our bodies, again, the building blocks to help produce melatonin naturally. I think that's a much better strategy than taking melatonin for the most part. Next, let's talk about minerals. So we just talked about magnesium, but there's three other minerals that are awesome for sleep. One is calcium. So it just happens or grandmother's advice or drinking a glass of warm milk was grounded in, in science. One is that calcium will improve REM. The other one is that calcium is a cofactor and cofactors are things that transform things. It'll help transform tryptophan into serotonin. So tryptophan is an amino acid. It's what people will say, if you eat a lot of turkey, there's a lot of tryptophan in turkey, which helps you know relax you. But the calcium will help transform that amino acid into serotonin. Next is zinc. Zinc is awesome for relaxing your nervous system. It's, it's just an incredible mineral for all kinds of things. And it's also another cofactor for melatonin. So zinc is really important. And here's the one that I did not know about. I'm going to give credit to my partner in crime, Mark Effinger, who helped me formulate this. And it's potassium. And I'm a huge fan of potassium. And by the way, if you're fasting, pro tip is, you know, a lot of people will do a lot of salt, which is obviously high in sodium. And most people's sodium to potassium balance is just way off. And you're going to urinate more frequently. It's going to be harder to hold water. You know, potassium is really the molecule of hydration. But when it comes to sleep, what it does is that it quiets down the neurons in your brain, actually calms your brain down. Sodium will excite your brain. So sodium is great in the morning, like drinking again a salt coffee is, is a great power move. And then at night, it's better to start slowing down on the sodium after dinner and then consuming potassium. So yeah, potassium will also help relax your heart. And the other thing that it does for sleep is that a lot of people will wake up to go to the bathroom at night. Well, potassium will help minimize that because when your sodium to potassium ratios are off, you're going to go urinate two or three times more. I mean, I, I notice that with myself all the time. If, if I'm not, as soon as my sodium to potassium balance is off, I'm just going to the bathroom like two, two or three times more often. So potassium is a really powerful mineral. Next, there's one more thing we didn't talk about. I, uh, want, you to st- I want you to stay there. Yeah. That, yeah. One, that is so powerful, mm-hmm. um, what you just said. And I think that the ideal ratio of sodium to potassium is like one to three. It is, yeah. Um, like the potassium intake would ideally be around three times our sodium intake. 
And the amount of potassium that you need is like even, you know, you know how the government always never gives you like the right amount um, that you need. And I think that, you know, that what they say is like, you need like 4,700 milligrams of potassium is like what the FDA says that you need. And if you think about what foods are in like high in potassium and how much of that food it takes for you to get the amount of potassium that you need. And when you're doing fasting, I'm telling you, you, the people who are listening to this show, you guys need to understand, most of you are not getting the magnesium you need and you're not getting the potassium you need. And if you've been listening to this for a long time, you realize that you need magnesium and that's why you definitely need the magnesium that we say from Bioptimizers. I want you to just quickly talk about the seven types of magnesium and how important that is. I talk about that all the time, but I feel like they need to hear it from somebody else of because otherwise someone's like, oh, I'll take magnesium, this generic brand over here, and you're not getting all different kinds of magnesium that your body needs. Yeah, so one of my mentors told me the tip that got us on the tracks. First of all, at the time, this is a few years ago, I was burnt out. I couldn't even drink a cup of coffee without feeling absolutely horrible. And one of my mentors said, well, try combining several magnesium. So he said, try, try combining these three magnesiums. I did that and the results were just way beyond anything I'd ever experienced using a single form. And by the way, we have a lab with 20 brilliant biologists, chemists, and scientists. And right now we're doing R&D and research to prove that when you're combining magnesiums, you're getting more absorption, there's synergy. And you know when we formulate our products, I'd say like one of the main things we're obsessed with is synergy. What does synergy mean? It means that one plus one equals 10. And we're seeing that. We're seeing, we're doing these red blood cell experiments where we're trying to combine magnesiums in the lab to see, do we get more absorption? And we do. So this is stuff we'll probably publish uh, later this year. But the point is when you combine magnesiums, you get, you get synergy. And different magnesiums are bonded with different acids or different components. And it just seems that different magnesium, magnesiums will impact different parts of the body. So some have more beneficial effects on the brain. Some have more beneficial effects on the heart. Some are really good for sleep. They seem to impact the nervous system. So by combining them, we're just getting a synergy and we're getting you know, much better results than if we're just using one form and if anybody's been using magnesium and they use ours, I mean, almost universally, they'll tell you, wow, this, this feels completely different. I really feel the magnesium with this product. Mm. And you guys, if you go to buyoptimizers.com slash waste away and put in the code waste away, you can get 10% off. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, I want you to talk a little bit more about stimulants um, throughout the day and before bed. Like, obviously, no one should be drinking a cup of coffee, but, you know, coffee, tea, soda, chocolate, alcohol. So talk a little bit about how alcohol and caffeine can really disrupt a good night's sleep and kind of if someone's going to have caffeine, 
you know, would you say don't have it after 12 noon or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So some people are blessed where they have the genetic capability to metabolize caffeine really quickly. So for those people, you know, they can drink coffee for dinner and not necessarily be disrupted. And if some people have genetic variants where there's slow caffeine metabolizers, which means that the caffeine will linger in their system much longer and then impact their sleep at night. So I'm a big fan of getting genetic tests and seeing all of these variants and then making lifestyle adjustments. So if you've never done a good genetic test, it's something that I would strongly advise. Um, it's really powerful. Not the 23andMe stuff. That's, that'll tell you where your ancestors are from. I'm talking more about the tests, which give you very practical, useful advice and, and Bob's measures. We'll be releasing one later this year. But yeah, that's a big one. In terms of coffee in general, I think if you're a slow caffeine metabolizer, probably noon is the cutoff. Um, and yeah, you got to manage your stimulants. Some stimulants, for example, nicotine has a very short half-life. So you know, you could technically ingest nicotine like a couple of hours before bed and it's not going to necessarily impact you that much. So there's a lot of variance there. Alcohol is a destroyer of sleep. Like there's just, it will just absolutely destroy your sleep. So if you're drinking, here's some pro tips. One is, you know, let's say you're going out, try to have a cutoff like a couple of hours before your bedtime where you stop drinking and switch to water to try to you know, clear out your system. The other one that really helps is actually enzymes. So I have, first of all, I haven't drank, it's going to be 14 years in a couple of weeks, but uh, we have clients that love using masszymes before bed, especially when they're drinking because the enzymes we think will help break down the alcohol. I mean, you're, when you have liver enzymes that are really elevated because you're drinking too much, that's your body trying to ma manufacture enzymes to break down these toxins and even though Masszymes is not designed specifically to break down alcohol, uh, I would say that it definitely helps. So I think water, uh, minerals before bed, again, potassium, because again, you can easily get dehydrated when you're drinking, uh, you're urinating a lot and losing a lot of minerals. So ideally you're you know, moderating the intake and then you're switching to water and you're taking enzymes and you're, you're taking minerals for bed to minimize the, the impact. So yeah, I mean, some people are going to drink, but I think trying to, to mitigate the, the negatives is a good strategy. Do you guys have any products that kind of have any potassium in it um, right now? Yeah. Or are you guys having yeah, sleep, sleep Breakthrough has all the minerals that we just talked about. So yeah, so Sleep Breakthrough is our... our First sleep formula. Again, it has the magnesium, bisglycinate, the calcium, the potassium, and the zinc. Some other things it has, it has uh, pharma GABA. So GABA is kind of, so on the stimulant side, you have things that will stimulate your nervous system, and then you have things that will actually relax your nervous system. GABA is one of those molecules. So in terms of you know, really chilling down your brain, GABA is phenomenal for that. The other thing that pharma GABA does is that it will actually decrease beta brainwave activity, which is very present in insomniac. So when people struggle to fall asleep, they talk about the hamster wheel or staring at the ceiling, the monkey brain. That's because they have elevated beta brainwave activity and they cannot slow down their beta brainwave activity. So when you take L-theanine, 
which by the way is absolutely one of my favorite sleep molecules. It's what you'll find in green tea or yerba mate. And a lot of people prefer green tea because of it. It, it basically compresses the jitteriness. You don't get as jittery when you use L-theanine, but when you take it by itself for sleep, it helps really relax your brain. It also lowers beta, beta brainwave activity, increases alpha beta brain, alpha activity, and primes your brain for sleep. So pharma GABA and L-theanine are in there. And the last one, last sleep molecule is glycine. Now, I think that glycine is one of the most powerful and important amino acids for health in general. First of all, critical amino acid for collagen production. So if you want to look young, make sure you're getting enough glycine. And you probably need about 10 to 20 grams a day. Most people are not getting that, that quantity. So we have three grams of glycine in sleep breakthrough. And the glycine will help lower your body temp. It will help improve your REM. And here's my favorite part of glycine is that the next day, if you didn't get enough sleep, you'll actually feel way more refreshed than if you don't use it. So yeah, that's it. And then the flavoring wise, we're using blue spirulina. We're using some organic uh, berry powder, some stevia. And then we have some bamboo powder, which gives you silica, which is also great for your nails and your hair. So just kind of some beauty benefits to sleep breakthrough from the glycine, from the silica. And again, you'll feel much better the next day and you'll improve your collagen production and some other things. So that's yeah, a phenomenal formula. Yeah. And I mean, we're there, you guys are seeing people fall asleep faster. They're getting into that, that deep sleep a lot faster and then waking up. You know, if you're waking up and you're exhausted when you wake up, then you definitely need this uh, product. And just so you guys know, if you guys use the code WASTEAWAY10, so you'll go to sleepbreakthrough.com slash WASTEAWAY. And then not only are you getting a discount, we are giving away, you can unlock special gifts with purchase and the retail values of at least like $20. So sleepbreakthrough.com slash wasteaway. I definitely think a lot of people have been using the magnesium. I feel like all of our listeners are already on that magnesium train, like they're there. But I think getting them to the next step of seeing what they're going to do, like what would you say if someone's saying, you know, I'm getting pretty good sleep. I'm using the magnesium every night. Do they, do they really need the sleep breakthrough? What would I'm, you a believe, I'm a believer that there's always another level. I'm wired that way. I'm always seeking the next level. And with sleep, there's always another level. Like again, like as I spent the $45,000 on custom-made mattresses and Faraday cages and all these things, I was always finding another level. I think sleep breakthrough will, if you're at a good level, it'll take you to great. If you're at great, you're going to go to world-class. And if you're at world-class, well, congratulations. I, I haven't met a lot of people that have like world-class sleep. Some people have better genetics for sleep. Some people have worse genetics for sleep. I actually have bad genes for sleep. It showed up in my genetic tests. And it, I, it was kind of a blessing because it really drove me to solve this problem for myself and now we're sharing it with the world but yeah even if you're getting good sleep there's another level and you know i would say how you feel in the morning and what what the other thing you'll notice with sleep breakthrough is you're just not as tired 
at the end of the day, it kind of gives you another gear. Like let's say at two, three, 4 PM, you start to, to feel that drop off in energy and productivity. People are noticing that that's gone. And that's probably been my, as an entrepreneur, obviously I've got a lot of, a lot of things to do. And sometimes I've got long work days and I love being able to have longer work days when I need to, without feeling like it's a grind or I need another cup of coffee or I need another stimulant. So it's really given me and a lot of our users kind of another gear, especially on the back half of the day. Let's talk real, real quick about tracking. So there's ongoing debate by all kinds of health and wellness enthusiasts about which device is better for sleep, activity, recovery tracking. Um, I'm wearing an aura ring and actually I'm not, I, my husband bought me a whoop for Christmas. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of what your favorite device is for tracking for sleep or even for activity and recovery tracking. Yeah, I think I've purchased almost every tracker out there. The first thing to realize is that Oura Ring, Whoop, Fitbit, any of these wrist or finger trackers are only about 60% accurate for determining the exact amount of deep and REM that you're getting. That being said, I still think they're awesome because if you're improving your sleep, you'll see it. You'll you'll see your numbers go up. What I'm a big fan of for the Oura Ring and some of these other devices is that the readiness score it gives you is very accurate because it's using primary metrics like your HRV, your heart rate, when did your heart rate drop at night, your body temperature. So in terms of measuring where your nervous system is at, which I think is really powerful because you know maybe you're, you, you caught a virus and it'll show up in your readiness score pretty early. Maybe you're burnt out, you're training too much, you're working too much. You'll see all of that show up in your readiness score. So it's really good for that. Um, the only way you can get accurate sleep data is to have electrodes on your brain, on your head, on your skull. So there was a device called the Zio many, many years ago. That was the first sleep tracker I bought. That was measure your brain waves. The other one was the Dream, D-R-E-E-M. And unfortunately, they stopped selling to consumers. They're a research-only company now. I bought their unit when it came out. Um, that was very accurate. So. My my advice is use the Aura Ring or the Fitbit or the Whoop. Use them, um, but don't get overly obsessed with the numbers. Get focused on the direction. Are the numbers improving over time? That's really what matters. It's kind of like with body fat tracking. I mean, I remember in university when I was training people, we would use calipers and underwater weighing. And like none of these techniques are perfect. But if somebody was losing body fat, you would see their numbers improve week to week. So that's my advice is use them, but just realize they're not perfect. You know, mm -hmm. I love the aura ring because I love getting the little crown, you know, where it's like <laughs> <laughs> you, you get the crown if you did get. And I, I get the crown a lot because I do have my sleep dialed in. Yeah. But anything that I haven't asked you today that you want listeners to know, about getting their crown every night and being able to be a sleep diva? Yeah, I would say realize how critical sleep is. Like literally one night of bad sleep will negatively impact your health on, on a massive level everywhere from your short-term memory. It will damage your hippocampus. It will damage your DNA. And if here's, let me share some shocking stats for anybody that's trying to lose body fat. 
So they took two groups. One group was sleeping eight and a half. The other group was sleeping five and a half. The group that was sleeping five and a half hours, half of their weight loss was lean muscle mass. So, you know, basically you, you're better off almost not dieting at that point because you're losing really valuable lean muscle mass. And it would require you to lose twice the amount of weight for you to hit your goal. The other thing it does is your ghrelin the next day goes, you know, goes up about 28%. So your hunger and your ability to stay on your diet is going to be severely compromised. And the last thing I'll say is that I was talking to a pro athlete recently, and this guy is hyper fit. He does all kinds of really high level endurance sports. He told me that he had a really bad night of sleep, like, you know, four or five hours. And the next day he looked like a pre-diabetic. He was tracking his blood glucose using a CGM, a constant glucose monitor. And literally that's the impact of one bad night of sleep. So, you know, it's not just what your sleep's going to do to your longevity in a few decades. It's literally tomorrow uh, you will be the worst version of yourself or the best version of yourself based on the quality of your sleep. So uh, I'm a huge proponent of investing in your sleep. Again, blackout curtains, get a good mattress, use a cooling pad and give your body all the sleep molecules using magnesium breakthrough, sleep breakthrough, and the quality of your life will improve. I love that so much, you guys. Definitely, I'm super, super excited about Sleep Breakthrough. It's sleepbreakthrough.com slash wasteaway right now. And that special code is wasteaway10. We'd love for you to try it. And thank you so much for all of your wisdom. I got a ton out of today's call and I know the listeners did too. And thank you just for developing such an amazing product. Like I'm so picky. You guys know, like I have people all the time that are like, promote this or tell people about this or I get, I'm telling you, I get stuff sent to me all the time. If I'm not obsessed with it, I don't care. I'm not promoting it. So I'm really passionate about that. And I just appreciate all that you do to taking people's health to the next level. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we have some really big things coming this year, including product line for women. So really exciting about really excited about that. And then we have our big nutrition book launch coming out in September where we cover every nutritional strategy from fasting to nutrigenomics to ketogenic diets to every type of goal from weight loss to athletic performance to muscle building and everything in between. So yeah, we've been working on this for three years and it's almost ready to be launched into the world. So excited. Yeah, I'll make sure you get a copy when it's ready. So how long are you going to do this fast for? Like, how long are you going to go? You know, I feel really incredible. I was, my game plan was three days and this is day four. Um, I am flying tomorrow night, so I, I don't know if I'm going to extend to five or, or eat tomorrow. A couple of pro tips on fasting. One is that nootropics are an amazing addition to a fast, in my opinion. And, and one comment on fasting. So a lot of people get paranoid about autophagy. And autophagy is not a light switch. It's not this thing that's off and then suddenly on. It's really this continuum where okay, you eat a bunch of food and now you're, you're anabolic. And now as your body kind of consumes those calories and as, as your body depletes these, this, these nutrients, you shift into autophagy uh, progressively. So it's really this kind of progressive thing. And um, I like using nootropics while I'm fasting, which which make me feel much better, feel energized, and actually helps lower hunger. 
So yeah, that's the one thing I consume. And I think consuming a lot of minerals when you're fasting is a really important thing because you, you'll, you'll lose a lot of water while you're fasting. So I, I do a lot of salt. I'm doing magnesium. I'm doing sleep breakthrough at night. So I, I don't feel depleted. So I might push it to five days. We'll see. Typically five days is when I end a fasting. Yeah. Don't you guys have something, a product, and I want to talk about like something called like blood sugar breakthrough or or something like that? Or am I dreaming that? You're not. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that when people are fasting, that that helps you? Because for people who want it, are wanting to do longer fast, and there's some some people who are like, you know, I do 24-hour fast. I really want to push it to 48. I want to do a three-day fast. Mm-hmm. Tell them exactly kind of what really helps you when you're doing that longer fast. First of all, I'm a big, big bull. My favorite product on a fast that we sell is probably Capex. I don't know if you've tried this on a fast, but you take four or five capsules in a fasted state, you will be energized for eight to 10 hours. And that's going to help transport, break down fatty acids, break down fats into fatty acids, and then feed those fatty acids to your mitochondria, which then your mitochondria is going to create ATP and give you energy. So I haven't even, I didn't know about this product. Hold that up again. I need to try that. Yeah, I this believe I didn't do, know about it. So take four to five capsules. And this is a digestive enzyme blend with some other ingredients, which will help you feel energized. And it's a difference. There's no stimulants in here. Every all the energy is really coming from your mitochondria, and this is how it was designed. So yeah, that's one of my favorite products in a fast. I'll do like four or five in the morning. Taking enzymes on a fast is really powerful. Um, I think it it truly enhances the autophagy significantly. So I'll probably do like 40 mass limes today, even though I'm not eating, uh, just to truly uh, maximize the autophagy. The blood sugar breakthrough will amplify the AMPK, which is one of the benefits of fasting. And AMPK is a really powerful anti-aging molecule. So yeah, blood sugar breakthrough, mass limes, Capex, and any of the Nutopia products, I think are really good. Um, fasting enhancers. So, yeah. So that is so wild because I would never think of taking masszymes while you're fasted because in my mind, I guess I'm just trained like I'm going to take digestive enzymes to help me digest my food. But if I'm not eating, why would I take digestive enzymes? Explain that in a little bit more in detail, can you? Yeah. So if you take enzymes, especially like like protein digesting enzymes, and I've got about you know 15 in my hand here, which I'm going to take right now. Wow. You guys, you have to, if you're listening to this on audio, go watch it on, on YouTube. He literally took those 15 enzymes in like a second. That was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll do 15. I did 20 this morning. Um, I just did another 15. So why am I doing that? Because when you take proteolytic enzymes on an empty stomach, they'll actually go into your bloodstream and help clean your blood, help break down protein that you know could be causing issues. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of, I think it really enhances healing, anti-aging. And, and just to give you some stats, so there was a lot of research done on athletes that had injuries. And what healed their injuries in half the time was taking significant amounts of proteolytic enzymes like masszymes 
on an empty stomach. So on a fasted state, take a bunch of proteolytic enzymes and you're, you're just going enhancing healing and recovery significantly. And about a year and a half ago- inflammation or brain fog or anything like that? Yeah, I have to be a little bit careful here for legal reasons, but uh, I, I think it's a very good idea. Mm. One last thing and then we'll be done. Um, I want you to talk about parasites for just a second because right now, more than ever, I'm just like, obsessed. I'm doing like major deep dives on parasites because I believe that I believe that more than 80% of people have major parasites in their body and it's affecting so much of your life. And so I'm really passionate about it. Um, Can you talk about that for just a second of kind of what you've seen and what you're doing? Sure. We're getting rid of the parasites. So. There's a great book that'll freak you out if you read it called Parasite Rex. And it's all about parasites, different types of parasites, how they work. So if you're eating sushi, and I I love sushi, I'm big, you know, it's one of my favorite foods. Um, Obviously, a lot of raw fish will have parasites. And it's not hard to catch parasites. And a lot of parasites will kind of, you know, lay eggs and, you know, basically you won't even be aware they're there, but they're, it could be certainly causing havoc and damaging your health. Uh, two products that we have that can help. One is called Her- Herbal Parasite Guardian. And you can do a parasite cycle. And I think it's a good strategy every, you know, maybe six months, once a year to run a, a parasite cleanse. Uh, make sure that you're killing anything that might be in there. The other one is HCL Breakthrough. Now, HCL Breakthrough, the hydrochloric acid can help kill parasites. So when I take, when I eat sushi, I'll do five capsules of HCL breakthrough as kind of a, as a digestive aid, as well as a defense against parasites. So, but both the hydrochloric acid and the herbal parasite guardian are really good solutions to either cleanse or to prevent uh, parasites. So again, especially if you're eating sushi or any type of raw food, um, it's a good idea to throw in some, some guardians in there, in there. And just so you guys know that even with the Masszymes, they actually, this is, this is why their products are so good because the Masszymes have five different kinds of proteins. So like with other enzymes, they might have one or they might have two. Same thing with the, you know, it's like, you guys are like, no, we don't do just one. Like your philosophy is like, no, we're going to do five different kinds of proteins or, you know, when it comes yeah. to sleep, we're going to come up with seven types of magnesium. So that's what kind of takes their, um, their stuff to the next level. And so, um, I'm giving you a kind of a lot of different websites cause they have so many different websites, but if you go to Masszymes dot com slash waste away again waste away 10 gets you 10 percent off your order and we are out of time but this was amazing you always bring the heat thank you so much for being with us today matt yeah pleasure and you you guys stay tuned we've got another episode coming up in just a few bye-bye for now Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.